Mike, uh, Dak was saying after the game that he thought this team underachieved. Do, would you agree with that? And how, how do you reconcile how you finished based on what you thought you had going into the postseason? I mean, as a football team, we didn't, we didn't reach our goal. Uh, I think that's clear. Um, you know, we all had, you know, high hopes and expectations and definitely, you know, felt that we did a really good job of uh, putting ourselves in position uh, to, to make a run in the playoffs. So uh, I, I think just like anything, when you, there's only one team that gets to, you know, answer these questions and, and feel good about, you know, your, your final, you know, your final lap. So, but yeah, I mean, we're disappointed, um, but, you know, we're in the evaluation process and, you know, we want to build on what we have accomplished, particularly you know from last year to this year. And uh, but yeah, no doubt we did not reach we did not reach our goal. That, that, that is clear. Given uh, Prescott's comments on the officials after the game and a recent apology, did your team blame too much on officials and not take enough accountability uh, after the losses? You know, given that they were the most penalized team in the NFL. Well, I think it's about officials. You know, officials don't lose games. I mean, that, that's clear. Um, I, I think comments after games. Um, you know, people are emotional, uh, particularly when it doesn't go the way you, you, you think it should go. Uh, players are asked questions and uh, encouraged to give honest answers, I, th I think. But once when they come back, we talked about, I just did three days of exit interviews, talked to every, every member of our football team, just concluded about 1 o'clock. And they're very accountable. And our number one focus moving forward is the penalties. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, you know, way too many. Uh, you know, you look at the pre-snaps, there's, there's no excuse for it. Uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's been, a, it's been a focus all year. You know, the, the thing I struggle with, you know, as a head coach doing this uh, now for the number of years is, you know, I have comparables over a 15-year period. And then in this team here, uh, is clearly one of the better teams I've coached as far as their mental preparation and their, and their mental execution. So our, our, our weekly grades and even our totals uh, for the season of, of, you know, we, we break it up into mental errors and missed assignments. So our, our, our mental uh, grades don't coincide with the penalties because they usually, they usually go, go together. And that's something that we'll obviously, you know, take a very, very hard look at. And uh, I think it's just like anything, it, 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 it's the application of what you need to work on to improve uh, when, you, when you look forward to from one year to the next. And, you know, we all spend time, uh, particularly the position coaches on, you know, technique and how you build it into the individual drills and, you know, penalty prevention. Uh, you know, we have common philosophies and, 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 and approaches, you know, keep, do not hold on a run play. I mean, we, we all understand that. So uh, there's no excuse to hold on a run play. I mean, it's simple math. I mean, minus two versus minus 10, do the math. So, I mean, that's, but, you know, we've had too many holdings on run plays. So, I mean, that's something as a coach we'll continue to take a hard look at, you know, by individual, by technique, by concept, you know, situation and so forth. Because uh, we'll react to it. Uh, we'll apply the teaching and, uh, to it, I mean, you, you know, I'm a big believer in ROI. You know, you only have so much time, and and how you utilize the, you know, all the way down to the individual time. So that that, that process uh, needs to be better because uh, we've been talking, we've been coaching penalties since week one. I mean, it's uh, so uh, it's it's something that, you know, particularly the holding and the pre-snap penalties. Those are the two that jump off the charts. Um, so. Uh, we, we definitely, definitely need to be much better in that area. Mike, in addition to teaching about penalties, how much of a danger is there when there seems to be a mindset among some team leaders that when you lose, it was somebody else's fault? Well, yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a very fair point and question, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I mean, I don't think that's 
that's the mindset of our team. That's not that's not how the workings go, you know, internally. I mean, it's uh, you know every every penalty that's been ever committed here uh, is put up. You know, it's addressed in the Monday morning correction. I mean, the, the, the team meeting. So um, so it's it's corrected. It's emphasized. Uh, but there is a process, and, I, and this is not an excuse by any means, but my history uh, will point to this. Uh, as a head coach, I know my first couple years you know, up north, uh, we, were, we were highly penalized. And, um, and my experience has been uh, no different coming here. You know, every coach has a way he wants to practice. Every coach wants a, you know, an aggressive play style. Um, and, and with that, and it's just not most guys. It's getting everybody to play with that aggressive play style. And we clearly, you were here last year, we didn't have it, you know. So we, we didn't have it consistently throughout our team. Uh, I felt like we, we had it a little bit down the stretch there uh, in the later games. Uh, but that's something that we made a vast improvement on. But, but with the aggressiveness and the tenacity of the whole team, comes a little more you know, room for error in, in the combative penalties. You know, our combative penalties, we break them into three categories. They're, they're too high right now. So, uh, and we need to do a better job as coaches, starting with me, emphasizing, teaching it. And, you know, um, had some great conversations with a number of our veterans about, you know, the, the individual drills that we're doing. Are, are we spending enough time in the, you know, and it's always the line play because, you know, those guys are always the challenge. You know, they're, they're the ones that, are, that have the biggest challenge, particularly starting in the offseason because they don't really get to really get the, you know, nitty gritty um, hand to hand combat till training camp. So, I mean, you know, that's part of the exit interview process. But, yeah, I mean, the, the penalties make no bones about it. We need to be much better there. Of the seven pre snap penalties on Sunday, two of them were uh, the neutral zone infractions on Randy. Are his eyes? Well, I mean, in, in fairness to all that, I, mean, I have not watched the games in detail. I've obviously spent some time with Kellen and, and John Fossil, just you know, on some game, you know, game situation conversation um, uh, that we were part of. But yeah, I mean, Rand, Randy's reading the movement of the tackle. You know, I, I think that's you know, um, you know, as far as. You know, where his eyes are and, and so forth, but you know the actual exactly specifically what happened on the play. I, I haven't I haven't studied that yet. Mike, you're, you're likely you're likely to lose members of your coaching staff. You're going to lose guys in free agency. How how would you I guess sell to the fan base that this team can be better next year? Oh, we're going to be better. I mean, we're going to be better through uh, just through the process. I, I think. You know, I, I trust number one. I, I trust our, our personnel process. You know, I think that you know the collaboration. I mean, I, I think we have to. Give our, our personnel, um, our personnel department, and, and just what we did last year to this year. I mean, my go I mean, we had tremendous. I mean, that was the change we had on defense from a personnel and coaching staff standpoint. I mean, that's the biggest change that I've ever been a part of, um, both player and coaching. So, to pull all that together, um, you know, there's there's a lot of hard work and, and a lot of credit that goes, you know, goes to a number of people. So, um, you know, I have the same confidence that, you know, we'll do that moving forward. Now, uh, it's going to be a challenge because I, I know there's definitely, you know, you can't keep everybody, but every team's, you know, that's 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 the era that we're in. Uh, we'll go through that and, and count on another, you know, another really, you know, an excellent draft class to go with the two that we have. So, um, no, I got to remember, I, I, you know, I coached the youngest team in the league for a number of years. So, I, I have great belief in draft and development. You know, this will probably be, hopefully, to be the first year that we can have a normal off-season program. And uh, so, 
I think with that, the, the combination of veterans and young players that we have, you know, I think we definitely can take a step forward. Mike, you told us you think handling success is more difficult than handling failure. After y'all started the season six and one, how do you think, how well did your team handle success? Um, I, I don't think this is something you just put a grade on. Uh, there's definitely moments that we did not, you know, and I, I think uh, with those moments, um, I've always looked at it. It's a, it's a great opportunity to learn and grow from it. So um, just no different handling success during that, that run there. Uh, but, you know, just, just take the playoff game too. I, th I think that the fact that, you know, now that we've played a playoff game together, you know, the expectation of what it feels like and what, what could we did better in, at the beginning of the game, I think all those things pay forward and are all part of that handling success challenge. How much pressure will be on you next year to take the next step because obviously last year this year you took another step from last year. I mean, I mean, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's 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 what we focus on. I mean, we're we're not here to go backwards. I mean, you know, I, I think that's uh, it's that's part of the challenge. It's it's uh, it's it's part of the privilege of, of pressure of improvement in this league and, and sustaining success is clearly whatever level of success you attain. Sustaining it is the biggest challenge in this league. Um, you know, I think history will point to that. I know it's been my personal experience, but to, you know, to, to do it every year, to be in position—I mean, that's that's a huge challenge. But um, you know, I, th I think with the group that we have, love the guys, love the locker room. Uh, I think the culture that's been created—we uh, have an incredible foundation to to build off of and prepare to to take the run next year. Like the, the running game about halfway through the season seemed to kind of take a step back. I think it dropped by about a yard per carry at the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Did you were, were you able to pinpoint something? Or was there a reason there? And then how much did that impact do you think you guys had the offense struggles down the stretch? Well, the run, running the ball was it was you know definitely uh, definitely was not our strength. Um, I, I think you know we're talking about it a lot in here. You know the combination of rushes and completions. I mean it, to me. Running the ball is, you know, you run the football for the whole team. Uh, you know, the run game helps the whole football team. Now, you also can take that a step further. You know, the rushes plus completions is really the most important. You know, the ball distribution. You know, if you look at the games that we weren't successful, including this last one against San Francisco, uh, you know, our losses, I think we averaged 46, 47, you know, rushes plus completions. You know, the goal's 55. And I would say in our wins, we were probably, we had to be 57, 58, somewhere in there. So uh, the ball distribution is the most important part. But uh, the run game, as far as the efficiency of it, yeah, it's it's clearly been a, a, a constant, you know, conversation for us consistently. Um, you know, it's as far as fitting it all together with the action pass game, I thought we did a really nice job. I think some of the, a lot of changes that we we had, you know, with the offensive line as part of that. That's always a challenge. You know, our running backs, you know, fought through some injuries. So, I mean, I, th I think you have a lot of different factors there. But uh, we need to be better because it's, uh, it's definitely a key building block to being, you know, for us to have success. Mike, in your meetings with the Joneses, have they given you clarity on your job security? And amid all the rumors and the gossip, can you share that clarity with us, please? Yes, I, I've had a chance to, you know, talk to Jerry, um, you know, after the game for a long time. Also, saw him again Monday, so you know, we had very positive, you know, conversation and just, you know, the focus on the, on the, you know, the evaluation process. An so, issue. I, I don't see it that way. I'm, I'm focused on the exit interview process. Mike, you said you, you said the team failed to achieve its goals. What do you think are the, are the primary reasons that? Primary reasons we did not. Well. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, without, without seeing the game, I mean, playoff football is, you know, we, we all understand it. 
what it takes. Um, I think the potential uh, historically will tell you it's going to come down to a couple plays, you know, and, and it definitely we came down to the, the sequence here at the end. Um, but without getting into the specifics of the game, without watching the tape, I, th I know just you know speaking with Kellen, I mean, I think he said we had eight. Uh, Eight second and tens, you know, and four second and twenties, you know. So I mean, you know, obviously first down was a huge issue for us offensively. Um, I thought we were nervous to start the game. Uh, felt it in the locker room at the team prayer, um, but I thought we fought through that okay. I mean, I, you know, they, we held them to field goals, and I think once our guys settled in, um, I, I, th I thought I thought that you know it balanced out and the competitiveness there. But you know, the the up and down. Was a challenge, you know. The offense not getting into a rhythm, you know. I thought the defense played stronger in the second second half, gave us gave us a chance to stay in the game, and you know we needed to make a couple more plays on offense. You know, I thought the special teams was had a good day. You know, had had the big play there on the nine stop, had you know potential for another big play. So um, we just, you know, we you could say we were close to being on the doorstep, and, and that's playoff football. We we got to be two or three plays better, and. Um, that's not something you just say, hey, we'll be two or three plays better, better next year and we'll be fine. That's that's not the right mindset. We need to start over. You know, we need to, you know, take the good things we have. You know, you know, we're very fortunate being here in Dallas. Our, you know, most of our guys live here, so everybody's gonna be around. So, you know, hopefully we can get off to an early start and and build on, you know, what we've accomplished. Why would your team be nervous? That the pressure of needing to win, wanting to win, having to win? Well, let, let me take the word nervous back. I mean, it was, it was a little angst, okay, which I, I think just like anything. I mean, it's just, I mean, they were excited. They, they had a great week of practice. I thought the pregame was good. But, you know, I just think that, you know, it, it was maybe it was the first time we were doing this as a whole. Maybe it was two guys, you know. But uh, I, I just think that, you know, we weren't, we weren't, you know, they were a little cleaner than we were at the beginning of the game. That's just, that's just the facts. This how the game ended. As how the game ended, do you go back and re-examine the, the play call, the decision making, and, and what would you have done? What, what's the teaching point to make sure a that there's room for the umpire to get through the guys and things like that? That's that whole scenario. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really probably the only play I you know I looked at. Um, so you know, talking, you know, John Fossil is part of our you know game situation crew, and, and Kellen. Um, you know, if you look at the clock play situation, that's what we call it, okay? The clock play situation. I mean, historically, I know my, when I first got in the league, you know, 17 seconds was was the threshold where you would not attempt a normal five-step time clock play, okay? So I'm going to say about 10 years ago, um, and I just think it's through repetition, you know, quarterbacks and those sort of it moved down to 16 seconds. So when it, when you're looking at a normal clock play, uh, 16 seconds is the threshold. Um, but then there's the you know the tight clock play situation which we were in, and when you're trying to go from a, a different, you know the the 40 45 yard throw for the final play because we're we're in that last two play sequence. This is how we train it. This is how we rep it every Friday and Saturday. So our last two play sequences, you know, if you look at the plays leading up to it, we were in a sideline offense concept for the two plays prior to that. Um, they were in a shell defense, and then they called a timeout, went to a sideline defense. So now we went to what we call, a, you know, a tight clock situation, and our threshold there is 13 seconds. Um, that's our training. Um, there's, you know, you know, we use live video. Um, we have teaching tapes over a 10-year period. Uh, there's one from um, 
Jacksonville and Minnesota from last year. It's actually the exact same situation. They run the draw and you know have a chance to kick the field at the end of the game. So, um, so our threshold in that situation based on the plays is 13 seconds. You know, so we were 14 seconds, so we're, we're clearly within our range. And our thought process there is we have two options. You know, we have, we have a quick throw, so we're in an empty set. Uh, we're looking for a quick throw or the check to the draw. And, um, you know, like in the Jacksonville game, it was a draw. But based on them being the sideline and with Armstead being at the, you know, the nose, he's at the, playing the jumper spot position, we went from the three-step to the, to the draw. So it's the right call. Uh, the situation's right off the call sheet. And so that part's right. You know, the part that we got to talk about, you know, as a staff and, you know, a chance to visit with Dak about it and just, you know, briefly uh, speaking with and officiating last night is the mechanics, you know, the, you know, our mechanics matching their mechanics. And, you know, I'm not going to get into their mechanics, but, you know, as far as the draw play, the execution, you know, the only thing that we talked about, Dak and I was, you know, put, put, a, put a yard, put a yard limit on it, you know, cut it to 10 yards. I mean, that, that's probably going to be the change the adjustment that we make. But as far as Dak sliding, giving the ball to the center, um, the center can spot the ball. The receiver can spot the ball. Uh, so the fact that, you know, uh, the opinion of you can't spot the ball is, is, is not correct. Uh, so the center can spot the ball. Our guys are trained to spot the ball exactly how the referee spots the ball. You put the tip on the inside edge of the hash, you know, obviously the umpire has to come in. He, all he has to do is touch it. We're in a 3-2-1 situation. You snap the ball. So obviously that didn't happen right there at that point. So, But as far as the training of Dak getting the ball to Tyler, Tyler getting it down on the hash mark, you know, that part was intact. So because, um, you know, obviously we got to factor in what happened there, you know, at, at the end of that play because um, we've repped it. Like I said, there's there's uh, training that's gone into that situation. You know, you guys, I think you guys mocked me on the on the uh, you know on the Friday schedule being you know fast start Friday and furious finish Friday. So um, for a coach ROI the investment, and so I got to take a hard 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 look at it. But you know we had great confidence in that situation. You know because we we were just trying to get inside the thirty yard line for to change the play call for the final play. So um, that's the right call based on our preparation. We just got to really look at the, you know, the mechanics and the timing of that too. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a 13 second threshold is, is the call. So um, it's a, at 14 seconds, it's in my view, the right call. So it's not a hand the ball to the umpire thing. Well, that's an option. No, that's, I don't, I don't know where that came from or um, with the, Hey, that, that that's not the that's not the role. I mean, I, you know, I've, we we speak on these things all the times with the officials. I mean, it's uh, I mean, look at look at look at tape of it. You'll you see Larry Fitzgerald. He's on our training tip. He, he's running there putting the ball down, and it's really you know, they're looking for an appropriate you know spot. You know, it's it's not you know. So that's why I mean, you go back to our uh, you know our fake on the punt when we were trying to go for the second play. You know, Jake McQuaid. He's He's looking. He's looking for the spot of the ball. You see Tyler when he gets the ball. He looks left for where the spot is. So, lining up on the hash, just trying to save time. So, Mike, Mike as, as Kellen, as Kellen and, and uh, DQ go out and meet with these other teams about you know potential head coaching jobs, if Kellen were to leave offensively, you came in and you inherited his system, kept it in place, kept him as a play caller. Would there be any consideration in your mind if he leaves to you installing your offense? 
Well, I think with that, I mean, you know, most of the things uh, we do procedurally is is what I've done in the past. You know, as far as how you look at a game plan and so forth. I mean, it's it's definitely the language combination because you know, at the end of the day, the goal was to keep to not change is you know try to keep the you know the foundation for Dak. I mean, Dak Dak's you know success and, and what he had accomplished in you know his original offense in his original couple years. So. I mean that was the goal, so I, I don't see that as a huge change. You know, it's a you know, it's a language change. I just think like any time if you have if you have coaches that change, you know, everybody's going to be a little different. You know, but the most important part, and even speaking with Dak this morning, most important part is we evolve off of what we did this year. We can't just line up and run the same plays. You know, we just can't run up you know line up and run the same plays at the same situation. So I mean, you're always evolving your offense. So I mean that process. You know, if Kellen's here or not, that that won't change. You know, so and uh, we're always going to build the offense around the success of the quarterback. That's that's the whole philosophy. So that that's all intact. I mean, we we have it built over a two-year period. So um, Dak will always be the focal point. Um, that's you know, we believe in him and we want to continue to re, you know define our our system of offense. You know, it's the it's the Dallas Cowboys offense, and and it's going to you know, and I hope Dak's running it for a long, long time. Because it's uh, it's built around making him successful. Well, the foundation of the offense won't change this all season. It's just about evolving and taking what's already in place. And, and oh, definitely. Up. I mean, we got to. I mean, hell, you know, just look at first down. I mean, we got to look at. I mean, you know, in, in first down has hasn't been great. You know, in, in certain games. So I mean, our, our normal down distance offense is 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 under high review. You know, so I think situationally we we got better in some areas, but you know. Um, yeah, it's you know it's just like I think I think we t- we've talked before about how the season goes and you know how the first third of the season you know the challenges you have here to, you know in the second third and and how the toughest is the you know the final third so um, and that's you break that down in all three phases and specifically to the offense you gotta you gotta take a hard look at that you know what made you successful early you know how did you go through the the adversity and the tribulations of injuries and changes in your lineups because that's you know you have to play a little differently then I mean there's there's concepts and people you need to help so or do we have enough help in our protections I mean these are all questions that are very fair and we're going to take a a normal look at it so it's not like we're taking a hard look at it but we we, we definitely need to tweak some things because you uh, consider you being the play caller and being more hands-on and how that's run I don't think that's the best way to, to, to run an offense. Um, I've told you the first day I was standing here, whoever calls the offense will install it. You know, it's it's important for the player, and it's the way I've always done it. Um, excuse me, it's important for the play caller. It's the way I've always done it, that every call on that play sheet he has to believe in, because you won't call it. You know, I've, I've, I've worked for some defensive head coaches that once in a while, want this would have a great idea, and you know he's your boss, so you, you put it in the plan, and, and and I'd run it in the first two plays just to get it to, off the goddamn call sheet. So I mean, you know, sorry, I apologize for that, post. but um, yeah. So I, and I'll be honest, and I, I laugh at that stuff, but you know, I don't, I don't, do, I don't, I don't try to do that to kill him. But I have, you know, I have input, I have things I see, and I, you know, tell him what, this is how I think the game, be aware of this and that, but. For him to be, or anybody, it's no, the way we do it on offense, defense, and special teams is the same. You know, the, the, the play callers install. Um, so obviously, the head coach can have input in anything he wants. You know, we all understand that, and even during the game, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I have that ability. But for us to be the best um, that we can be, 
I feel that's the way you should run your offense, defense, and special teams. When you had conversations with Kellen, what was his thoughts on why CD and Pollard didn't get enough touches in that playoff game? Um, we really, just because everything he's got going on and Dan's got going on, we haven't really dove into the deep part of it. I, frankly, I think I spent 15 minutes with Kellen. Um, but I, I would just say, I know just the, the, the first time was, a, and, and, and that's a challenge when you're calling plays. When, you, when, you're, when you're second and long, you know, you know, some of those down and distances, you know, you're, you're not into your normal flow of, of, of a, you know, of a, of a play call. So um, I think that would definitely be part of it. You have to prepare as if Kellen and Dan are, are going to be gone. To I think you're always prepared for that, Todd. I mean, I, I mean, that's you know, it's a part of frankly, it's part of working here. I mean, it's this is an attractive place where you know we're a very good football team. You know, so I, I think you know with that, um, you know, I think uh, opportunity, you know, movement is is higher than probably ever before. So I mean, you. You got to be, you know, fluid with your with your staff and just you be be ready to go. Mike, following up on that, you've always taken pride in building a staff with yeah. tiers of guys who can yeah. be the next guy. How how solidified in your mind are you that you're going to do this, this, and this if there's changes? Um, I, I think that's definitely your starting point. But I, I you know, I, I think I have a clear responsibility to the organization to make sure that, you know, I do the best I can in in all aspects of of the football team too. So. Um, I think this is pre, you know, premature, uh, but um, you know, but yeah, I'm definitely cognizant of it. Tony Pollard had six touches against the Cardinals. He had rested him. He was healthy enough to return to being the guys' kickoff returner and get six touches again on Sunday. Is that too low for him in, in your view? And why only that number of touches for guys? No, I think that's very fair, but I think also it really just goes back to what I talked about before. I mean, you know, our biggest challenge there was we didn't get the ball distributed enough to Tony and, and the rest of the guys. I mean, we had, I think we had 40, uh, 45. I'm not, I, I don't know the stats offhand here, but we clearly were probably, you know, 10 short as far as, you know, rushes, combination of rushes and completions. So, yeah, I mean, definitely when you're, when you're at that number, you could, we could probably say that about a couple guys. Yeah. This sounds like a simplistic question, but, but going back to what you were talking about, sustaining success earlier, this franchise hadn't been in the postseason in back-to-back -back years in like 14 seasons. Is that a big part of being able to go deeper in the playoffs just to put yourself in it year in and year out versus just once every two or three or four years? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I just know, um, you know, being in the playoffs, you know, for, I don't know, eight years or so, um, you know, there's there's definitely you know it's just like anything. I mean, it's the second time around is easier. I mean, it's you know I, I think clearly that the hard lessons that we you know experienced on Sunday will definitely pay forward for us. What I, what I adopt in my mind um, off my personal experience. Uh, you know, the first time you know the first time we were in the playoffs, you know, it was an NFC Championship game. You know, that went to overtime. So, and then we had a new quarterback, and you know, it took till the second year, and then. We lost another heartbreaker in overtime. So, and you know, and then, and then the following year we won. You know, we won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, uh, I think guys, you know, particularly coaches on the staff, you know, talk about their experiences. You know, it, it's tough to get it done the first time you're in there as a team. You know, but you know, we we were obviously conf we had, we were confident, uh, we were healthy. So there was a lot of feel good around our football team. You know, no doubt about it. And I think it's important. You know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, I'm not second guessing that, but. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to win a game. 
in the regular season, let alone playoff games. So, um, and they played they they played better than we did, you know. So I mean that's so it's you know it starts with me and, and trust me I, I you know you always looked at what can you do you know what what more can you do um, in any in any situation you know, whether it's you know how you practice you know how you how you game plan and you know things are going during the course of the game. So, um, but you know most importantly I can't say enough about the players. I mean gosh the, the last three the last three days. I mean, just their, you know, their confidence and, and how where they feel, you know, we, where we are as a football program, you know, just what we accomplished in one year, um, as, as far as, you know, just the energy and the attitude. I mean, the locker rooms in, is incredible. Uh, it was 100% through all 80 plus guys. It was the best locker room they've ever been a part of. So I mean, we have, we have a tremendous amount uh, to build off of. So, and like anything, it starts with the players. And Mike, you were talking earlier about uh, player personnel and uh, the great job they did last year. And there's some hard decisions coming up in regards to some uh, now free agents. Could you take us through the process and/or influence that the coaches have in um, talking about some of these guys coming back? Well, yeah. I mean, I'll just you know, just the way it was laid out uh, with, with Jerry Steven. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of collaboration. You know, the coaches are very involved in the process. You know, more more here than any place I, I worked at. I have great appreciation for that. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of conversations between Jerry, Steve, and Will and I, and you know how we you know how we influx the coaches you know into the draft process into the free agent process. So, um, you know, I, I think we've done a good job with that. The you know, the, particularly last year. First year was, you know, kind of a blur there with the just with the COVID and how you know everything was moving so fast. Uh, so I thought last year we it worked out very well. So um, and I have great confidence that we can have another excellent year. Would you say the window? Would you say the window to win is a lot smaller now than it was when you first became a head coach? I I, I don't think the win. In my opinion, I don't think the window conversation applies as much in, in today's NFL as it did in the. In the '90s, you know, for just for the amount of, you know, amount of movement that you have, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I remember the Chiefs, you know, you, you know, you, you work with the, you know, same players four or five, six years in a row. So, um, I, I think that the ability in in this this state of the NFL is is obviously, you know, make sure you you have your core players, um, you know, and that's 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 the business aspect of it. Uh, but you got, I mean, you're going to have change. I mean, you're changing your 53 is going to be 20, 25% a year of your players. So um, that's, you know, frankly, today was a lot of the younger players and, you know, the importance for these first year players taking that second year jump. I mean, that's, that, that, that's going to be a big part of being able to be successful as a football team is the development of these young players, the young, young players. Um, and they just even speak with the veterans, uh, you know, the veterans have a lot of love for our young our young guys, you know, particularly this class, the way they came in and uh, the respect and, you know, where they fit in the locker room. And, and so the combination of the vets and, and young guys we have here is is, uh, is what you're looking for. But we, we, we need to add another group to that and because, um, you know, those guys are going to be on the team next year. Where did the guy need to improve and how different will this offseason be for him to maybe not have to worry about his rehab the whole time and he can worry about football more than itself. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I know Dak is, you know, um, he just wants to get past the, you know, like all of us, the pain of, of Sunday. And uh, But, you know, hey, his, his work ethic and his regimen is, 
is second and none. So, I mean, that's not going to change. But, yeah, I, I think it's a great point. I think that being in a normal off-season pro program, I think we're all hoping for and looking forward to uh, because, you know, we, we really haven't had that yet. So, um, and I think it would benefit not only Dak, but it benefit all of us. Did his footwork get out of whack in any, in any manner in your eyes as you look and examine his fundamentals I, I would say that's a blatant statement you know I don't think you know oh my god it's we're gonna fix that no that's that's not the case uh, I think just like anything if he was standing here he's he's you know he'll tell you there's some throws or some things we maybe need more reps at or more timing and you know and I think with you know the challenge of having multiple perimeter options you know getting getting in tune with it, every guy uh, on, you know on every particular route you know working through the route tree we, we definitely need to Continue to work on the details of that. So I think it'll all be a part of moving forward. Zeke said he played with a torn PCL. Do you expect to be 100% next year? And how did that affect him at the end of the season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely think it, uh, you know, time away, well, he'll be, he'll heal and he'll be ready to go next year. I thought he had a tremendous start to the season. I thought all the way up to Carolina, you know, Carolina games when he was injured. Um, I thought that was clearly the best he's looking in my time here. Uh, physically, uh, but yeah, it's I mean it's something he dealt with and practiced with throughout the year. I think it tells you something about Zeke and not only his co commitment but his toughness. But uh, yeah, I think he'll definitely recover 100% and be back. Mike, in what ways do the offensive line need to improve for next year? And when you look at your personnel needs for this offseason, how much do you look at the offensive line? Uh, personnel changes and, and things. I mean it's really too early for that. I mean, we haven't even had a personnel meeting yet, um, you know, on, on our players. So, um, you know, but, you know, as far as improvement, I think number one is always availability. I, I think you always look at that for, if you look at successful offensive lines, you know, that, that successful seasons for an offensive line, availability is probably the number one statistic in, in that. So, you know, just guys, you know, getting healthy, trying to stay healthy. And, uh, but, you know, I think really we got to look at some things fundamentally and, you know, um, looks at things, particularly pass protection is going to be another area that we're going to, we'll take a little longer look than normal. So I think all those things will help those guys. You're talking about how, you know, you'll have a 20 to 25% change every year, just the way the NFL is constructed now. You have 21 free agents on this roster, which could put you outside of that 25% range. And do you, I mean, do you feel you need to be in there? You, if you get beyond 25% change in a year, is that counterproductive? Especially for a team coming off a twelve and five season. I mean, I hope we're not, you know, more than twenty five percent. Because I mean, I mean, how can you not love this locker room? I mean, it's a it's a it's a locker room that came together quickly, and um, you know, but has so much more, you know, growth in front of them. So, uh, but you know, the business part of it, uh, you know, I think you learn you learn early in your career. It's you know, it's it, you can't you can't control it. You know, it's. Uh, Every one of these, you know, players and particularly the ones that hit free agency, it's you know, there's 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 tough business decisions. So ever how it works out, uh, you deal with it. But I, I do know that, you know, your lifeline needs to be that draft, and and we recognize it. Uh, we put the time and energy into it, and uh, you know, and more importantly, how we operate and how we train our team is is reflective of that. So I mean, that's that's really what we'll, we will adhere to. Kellen and Dan aside, are there any other changes maybe or? or departures or whatever from your coaching staff? Uh, premature. Um, I'll start the actually I'll start the uh, coaches exit interviews will start Monday morning.
health standpoint as far as any cleanup surgeries or something that you'll feel need yeah. to be done? I mean, there's a number of guys. I don't have it here in front of me, but yeah, we. I mean, I know we got two guys going in tomorrow for for ankle surgery. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get Rich, Rich can get that to you. Those two guys. Brandon Smith and Chauncey Golston. When you look at what Mike was able to do, and you talk about second-year jumps, yeah. he seemed to be pretty good his first year. How do you? How does he make a second-year jump? Jump really high. Um, yeah, no, I mean, what can you say about Micah? You know, he, he just, um, you know, I had a great visit with him yesterday, and you know, really, uh, was really kind of on that topic. You know, what. What he can do uh, coming off of this, you know, his rookie season. So uh, clearly made an impact. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing he's going to have to, you know, get accustomed to is is the changes people make for him. You know, so and, that, and that's where we got to make sure we have him prepared uh, because, you know, he's a, he's a targeting challenge for an offense. You know, the ability to move him around. Uh, but it, but it's just like anything. I, I think any player in this league will. Attest to this that you know once you have success, you know people are going to study the film and, and have a plan for you. So we, we got to make sure he takes that you know he takes that next step to to be able to combat and continue to be highly successful. Do you think the things that Vic Fangio did in the Denver game kind of became a, a strategy that teams used to defend against you the rest of the season? Um, I, I think a couple teams, but I think Denver played us like that, you know, um, and then Kansas City, but. We, we, you know, frankly, we saw more shell than than, than anything. So, um, yeah, I, I think the passing game as a whole, you know, we, we, you know, we can focus on the little things, the details, you know, and that, you know that that's something that we felt during the season we could be better at, and you know, we'll continue that thought press going into the evaluation process. You've been a head coach in a high-profile situation for a long time. Do you, do you ever get used to speculation about your job security? How do you deal with that? Uh, I think you know internally, and, and I think for people in this profession, they you know it's accepted. You know, it's part of the job. You know, I, I get that. I understand why you're asking the question. It's part of the job. You, I mean, you have a job to do, and I have a job to do here today and answer your questions appropriately and respectfully. But yeah, I, I don't put a lot into it because I know what I personally put into this. You know, I, I understand what goes on here every day. Um, I know how to win. I know how to win in this league. I know how to win playoff games. I know how to win a championship. So I have great confidence in that. Uh, what we've built uh, here in two seasons, um, I feel very good about. Um, and I think with that, uh, you just you stay true to that. You know, the hard part's the personal. So we all have kids, you know, so that, that's the part that I don't like, you know. So um, and I just hope people are respectful to that. Mike, one more on, on Zeke. You mentioned you feel like he's going to get healthy. He said he didn't think he needed the procedure on this PCL. Is that your understanding? It's just kind of rest and feel. Yeah. I agree. No, I, the PCL injury was something that we feel that, that will heal at rest. I, I, he's not up for surgery right now. There's no discussion of him having a procedure. Mike, how do you handle the rest of the playoffs now? Or do you watch with all of us? Is it too hard to watch? I, I won't. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I won't watch it. What's What's nice is we'll you know we have video that you make. I make. I'll come in and maybe blink the games afterwards. You know, uh, but you know the emotion of it all on TV. Uh, you know, it's it's just something that I never participated in. So I mean, it's uh, we're disappointed. You know, make no bones about it. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's um, there'll be obviously there'll be. 
great games, uh, but you know, I'll end, I'll end up, I'll watch the coaches, the coaching uh, uh, tapes at some point just to see what you know teams are doing against each other, particularly in the playoffs. You talked about health and the offensive line and things. Tyron's not played a full season since 2015. He missed six or seven games this year with the ankle of COVID. Can you count on him to? to Play a full season at this point in his career. Well, I, I just think like anything. I mean, I you know I get, I get to see Tyron every day, uh, but also I, I have an understanding of not only you know how how it happens and and what goes into it. So I mean, I think you know players go through strings of injuries and um, you know particularly you know at, at his position. You know he plays a he's a cornerstone position. You know plays plays in a high stress position. So uh, you know I just have confidence in in him and our process. So yeah, yeah. I mean I, I don't. See any reason why we we can't uh, you know see him bounce back and, and have a full season? The amount of interviews that Dan and Kellen are scheduled for over the next two days. Um, do you have a role in that? Are you active in that, or do you just kind of wait to see what happens like the rest of us? Um, active in which which way? Do you have a line of communication with them about what they're thinking and what they're doing? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I mean, I I'm, I'm fully understand what's going on, and you know, and uh, it's you know, it's exciting for Kellen. I mean, you know, I'm proud of him, and uh, you know, Dan's been through it before. But yeah, I think anytime, you know, you remember, I'm, I'm, I know I'm the head coach, but you know, you know, we also have personal relationships too. So I mean, and I think anytime you can share experiences with your coaches, and um, you know, even Dan, I mean, you know, Dan and I talk a lot about you know past experiences. Um, so you know, Kellen's going through it the first time, but yeah, I'm, I'm in tune what's going on. Well, number one, I think just like anything, I mean, you're getting high, two high quality men. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, just the way they operate, um, you know, positive personalities. Uh, you know, I think they both emulate that on a, on a daily basis. Expertise, you know, what they bring to the table. Um, so uh, they, they they have the ability to bring you know bring people together. So I think they have a lot of common characteristics. I think Dan obviously is, is, is someone that's has a tremendous amount of experience. Um, you know, and, and, and Kellen is, is on a fast track. Uh, but, you know, I think he's uh, definitely someone that's worthy of this. And, you know, he's prepared himself very well. Now that you're through the exit interview stage, what is your what's your timetable basically like over these next four to six weeks? I mean, you you meet with management. You give your coaches some time off. You come back and focus on different things. What's the? I mean, we're you know, we're just through the player exit interviews. Uh, so we'll, we'll start the coaching staff and support staff. You know, exit interviews next week. So that that'll, you know, that'll probably take, uh, you know, probably at least through Friday, maybe Monday, Tuesday. Uh, so then after that, the staff will have some time off. And you know, I, I think traditionally, uh, you know, there'll be other meetings that you that you go through. Uh, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll work through all that, and then, you know, just like most years, you know, I think the day after Valentine's Day is kind of will be our, the kickoff for scheme scheme evaluation, and and we'll get back get back to building what's in front of us for 2022. Last year, we didn't go to Senior Bowl because by the pandemic in some instances. Will you go to that this year? Great question. I, I I haven't thought about it. Yeah, apologize. On that note of offseason, this will be the first offseason you have where you know Dak is going to be your quarterback next year and under contract. How does that change the line of communication? Well, it means a lot. I mean, we, we, we spent a bunch of time this morning together and you know, he, he brought up, hey, how did you used to do quarterback school in the old days? And so, um, you know, just the, 
you know, because the conversation's about just having spent time on all the little things. You know, these quarterbacks in this league are asked to do so much, uh, so much more at the line of scrimmage, you know, but also, you know, with that, the responsibility they have, you know, you know, in the scheme and work with others. But, you know, when do they really have the time to work on their individual skill set, you know, as far as their footwork and so forth? So, yeah, I think it'll help us immensely, especially the way Dak operates, you know, because uh, he's a magnet. You know, he, you know, his teammates, you know, they can't, they can't be around him enough, you know. So, the, the, you know, the one-on work that these guys do away from this facility is, uh, is very impressive, you know. So, I'm sure that'll start at some point, and, and he'll be right in the middle of it. Final question. Sorry, on the ball spot at the end of the game. Yeah. If the center places it up onto the turf, and then the umpire can just touch it and leave. If the ball needs to be adjusted in terms of its placement, doesn't that cost more time? And would it be a shortcut just to give it to the umpire so you don't lose that readjustment period? Well, I mean, I think when you on this particular instance, uh, I think when you see Tyler get the ball, he look he looks for the umpire. You know, he t- he turns and looks for the umpire. So, I think it's only a natural reaction to, you know, because if if he's if, if the umpire is not there, we're we're taught to put the ball in a, in a proper proper space and. I think not only you know the, the distance that the umpire had to come from, you know, and the collision that he was part of, you know, uh, you know, I, I can't speak on his behalf, you know, what he saw actually what the spot was, you know, as far you know, basically on the way it all happened. So, um, you know, usually, you know, the training tapes will show you, you know, nine out of ten of them are, are a tap, and you know, we call it a three-two-one. The clock's coming down three-two-one because you want to snap that ball right at two seconds. So. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with uh, with our mechanics, but uh, yeah, I mean, if the umpire's right there, yeah, give it to him. Because you know, we talk about two resets. You know, they, everybody's got to get set, and then there's a potential reset if the ball's not properly spotted based on how the ump feels in it. But you know, trying to eliminate that step if you put it right on the hash, you know, on the edge of the half with the tip on it, which is the same mechanics that the the umpires use, then you're hoping to save a step there. Where that's usually when it becomes a tap, and it's really my understanding is, you know, as long as they have what they feel is an appropriate spot, which usually in that instance, you know, coming down to the wire like that, you usually get the tap there. A receiver, Amari's guaranteed twenty million on the fifth day of the league year. Gallup's hurt, but a free agent. Cedric's a free agent. How much changeover is there, and how do you keep all? The, if you want, if you want to, how do you keep those guys? Um, great question. I mean, that's the business part of it, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for, you know, questions there, but, you know, it's a, it's a group that gives us great flexibility, you know, so obviously the best we can do to keep that together would be the goal. But, you know, I, I do understand that, you know, there may be some tough t- decisions, you know, throughout our roster. But, yeah, as far as pending free agency and so forth, you know, I, I think it's really too early to get into that. Has Michael had his surgery yet, do you know? Uh, no, not yet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.